And America needs to wake up. The world needs to wake up. There is a Savior. His name is Jesus. The Son of the living God. The only one that can save you. Nobody else. Between God and man is the man Christ Jesus. He is the bridge builder. And nobody can come any other way or you'll be lost. He is the fulfillment of prophecy. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Today, as Raul continues our study of Jesus' miraculous birth, he'll underscore how Jesus is uniquely qualified to rescue the world from sin's bondage. You'll see that no one else could bridge the gap between sinful people and a holy God, and this was Jesus' sole purpose in leaving heaven's glory for a manger. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins today's message, A Savior is Born Unto Us. Join us in the book of Matthew. And what a great story Matthew gives to us through the eyes of a tax collector chosen by Jesus and also speaking to a Jewish congregation. And I wonder how it must have been and felt when here you have Mary and Joseph called by God, and she is called with one of the greatest texts to have a baby without anybody getting together and having intercourse. Think about that for a moment. That's why it's called a virgin birth. It was divinely appointed by the Holy Spirit, the one that impregnated Mary. And then going back to the first promise, as last time we spoke in Genesis 3.15, The promise that the Son of God would come and crush the devil's head. And that he would be born. He would be sent by the Father. And as the Father sent Jesus Christ into this little village, Bethlehem, it reminded me when I went to Israel many, many years ago, we used to be able to go to Bethlehem. But I remember going to Bethlehem. What a sight Bethlehem was. Little, little village. And walking into this Catholic church, and in the bottom of the Catholic church, in the cellar, they had the star on the floor. And then a little cave, and they would say, this is where Jesus was born. And yet when I read the story of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, when we would leave the church, we would go up into Bethlehem over the hills where the shepherds were. And you would have these nomads, tents, And the nomad children running around with their sheep. And there was a well there in Bethlehem. We used to get out of the buses and we would sit all around the well. And the little children would come around us and we'd give them candy. And then I would begin to teach the Christmas story. And what a story it became in our lives. Standing there in the shepherd's fields. Imagining and watching the word of God come alive. And to remind myself that when Jesus Christ came into the world, there was no room for him in anybody's life. In the Holiday Inn in that day, they had no roofs. It wasn't like our Holiday Inns. When they came and asked if they could actually go to sleep there, they said there was no more room for him. For Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. 
But what's amazing to me is that the story that is given to us biblically, it is an amazing story when you look at it. Let's look at chapter 1 of Matthew, beginning there in verse 18 where it begins. He starts out and he says this, after he gives 17 verses of the genealogies of Jesus Christ. Now you got to understand, genealogies are very important to the Jew. And what's incredible, once Babylon took Israel into captivity for 70 years, the Ark of the Covenant was lost, and all of the utensils, everything was taken. So when they went back to Jerusalem, they had to rebuild everything. And then from that point on, there was really nothing going on until Christ now comes into the world. And as he's given his genealogy to make sure he's the Messiah, you know, usually when they would write genealogies, they would never, ever put women's names. Never. And yet there are four names of four women in the book of Matthew. And they're not good women. One of them dressed up as a prostitute. The other one was Rahab in the city of Jericho that was a prostitute. And then Ruth the Moabite, which was David's grandmother. And the Moabites were accursed by God way back in the book of Genesis chapter 19. When Sodom and Gomorrah, remember, was destroyed. And Lot laid with his daughters. And one of his daughters had one Moabite and one of the Ammonites seed. And they were both accursed by God. And yet, Ruth, the grandmother of, who, of David, was in the line of Jesus. To show you the imperfection that God uses, not only his perfection, to draw imperfect people to himself. And then the other woman was the one that committed adultery with David, king of Israel, Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. Four women found in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Which shows you what? The grace of God. And then he gives the story beginning in verse 21. Look what he says. And she, Mary, will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sin. And now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph before they came together. That is, before they came together sexually. You notice that there was, in Jewish culture, there was one year of the engagement period where the guy and the woman had an opportunity to make sure they wanted to be married to one another. Marriages in that culture were arranged by their parents. And it's interesting that after a year of engagement, the guy would have to say, yes, I want to marry her, or no, I don't want to marry her. So you give her a little writing of divorcement, even though you're not married, you break up the engagement. But if you would say, yeah, I want to marry her, then they would come together and get married, and for seven days they would celebrate their wedding. But to me it's interesting as I was reading the story. That here Joseph and Mary, they're engaged. And she going to get pregnant. In that culture, go back to the book of Leviticus. Anybody that would get pregnant before marriage, guess what would happen to both of those people? They would be stoned to death by the city judges outside of the city gates. It wasn't allowed. It was not allowed. 
And when Joseph found out that Mary was praying, he was concerned. But God is so faithful. You'll see in the story here what he says. Let's read on verse 18. And now the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was notice, engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. Notice that. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. He was concerned. But you notice, first of all, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. She got pregnant not by Joseph, but by the Holy Spirit. And it's incredible to see the power of God that out of all eternity, that God the Father sent His only begotten Son into the world. And when He came for 33 years, and He died and rose again, and walked for 40 days on the earth, and then ascended to heaven, then He sent the second person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came, what did they do? For 10 days, they're waiting in the upper room. And on the day of Pentecost, the word Pentecost means 50 a day. The Holy Spirit baptizes 120, including Mary, the mother of Jesus. Incredible picture. Beautiful testimony. Look what else he says in verse 20. But while he, Joseph, thought about these things, he was concerned. What happens? God sends an angel. But behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, Mary, your wife. Engagement here. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Confirming it. Joseph, you don't have to worry about it. She got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. This is a God thing, not a man thing. And then he said, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, Jehoshua, God is salvation, for he will save his people from their sins. Imagine how beautiful that scripture is. He was sent to save people from their sins. Why? Because Adam and Eve... Sin in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3. They blew it for everybody. And remember this, from Genesis to the book of Malachi, every sacrifice that the priests and the people made to their God for their sins was a turtle dove, a pigeon, a ram, or a lamb. And then they were, they take with the sin that they had committed, and they would be put away, okay? You couldn't see it. And the ram would have to be put out for the priest. Once a year in the Day of Atonement, two rams, one would be killed. The other one would be taken to the wilderness. And as long as you could see the ram, they couldn't blow the trumpets. But once the ram got lost in the wilderness, they blow the trumpets back to Jerusalem. And the people would rejoice for the forgiveness of their sins. But animals didn't make it. So what does God do? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. He allowed him to come and be born in a little stable where the animals were being taken care of. Not in a palace, not in a castle, but in a little cave. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. 
We're taking a brief time out to remind you that we're committed to helping you grow in your faith with the living and inspired Word of God. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. Later on, we'll tell you about a CD pack centered on the eternal power of the Lord's saving love. Now let's get back to more of Rawls' message, A Savior is Born Unto Us. And what's incredible to me that Joseph and Mary were very concerned about the pregnancy and having this child. But the angel comes and speaks to Joseph. Look at verse 21. For she shall bring forth again. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, what prophet? The prophet Isaiah. 750 years before. So you look back at the book of Isaiah. In the book of Isaiah, this is what he said. Behold, the virgin. Notice, not this is Alma. This is not a young maiden. In the new translations, they put a young maiden. It takes away from the virgin birth. That's what the liberals believe in. That she was not virgin. Yes, this is Alma. She was a virgin. Look it up in the Hebrew and in the Greek. Nobody had ever touched her. And she got pregnant by the Holy Spirit, by the work of God. He did it, which is amazing to me. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Did you notice the capital S on son, and then the capital H on he, on his name, and then the capital I in Emmanuel? And what does Emmanuel mean? In the Hebrew, and the Greek means what God is with us. God is with us. God sent his only begotten son into the world to prepare us to be what? To be forgiven from our sins. And then Joseph, notice. And then Joseph being aroused from his sleep. Did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took to him his wife, and did not know her sexually until she had brought forth her firstborn son, capital S, and he called his name Jesus. Jehoshua, God is salvation. Imagine how he must have felt, and she must have felt, Because if you talk about other religions of the world, you know, the Catholic Church believes that Mary never had other sons and daughters. But then they have to deny the New Testament because in the book of Matthew, he talks about Mary having after Jesus, they got married, and Jesus had other brothers and sisters. The Bible is very clear. So it's really important that we understand that virgin birth is amazing to the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why? We can trust the Word of God. The Christmas story is real. It is true. The way God has placed it in our hearts to the Word of God. Let me give you seven reasons for Christmas. Number one, God loved men so much that he gave his son up to be sacrificed. Can you imagine in Genesis chapter 22 what Abraham must have felt when Abraham was walking down that night and the Lord came to him and said, okay, in the morning, I want you to get wood, get your knife, get your son, and get your servants, and I want you to 
get out to Jerusalem. I'll tell you where to stop. He doesn't even communicate with his wife. It says that the Lord tempted Abraham to see if he would obey. In the morning, he saddled his donkeys, got his servants, got his son, wood, knife, and they headed out to Jerusalem. And when they got close to Jerusalem, they set up camp. He told his two servants, you guys stay here. And this is what he said. Listen to his words. Me and the lad are going up there and we're coming back. Those are words of faith. Abraham believed that no matter what happened to his son, that God would make the promise of doing his promise to bring both of them back down the hill. And here they go up. The knife, the wood... Isaac's walking along, he's 33 years old. Abraham's really old, over 90s, almost 100 years old. And what happens? They go up into Mount Moriah, and they get there, and Isaac says, Hey, Dad, the wood? You got the knife, but where's the sacrifice? Well, son, Genesis 22.8, God will provide himself a sacrifice. A prophecy 2,000 years before it happens, speaking of Jesus Christ. In the same place where the sacrifice was going to take place, the same place Jesus Christ died and rose again. Think how incredible the word of God is. And then when Abraham said that, his son, 33 years old, case, okay, son, he says, I'm going to have to tie up. Dad, go ahead, tie me up. He laid him on the altar. He took the knife out. He gets ready to stab him, to cut him up. And the angel of Jehovah comes and holds his arm and says, Abraham, God has seen your faith. You passed the test. You don't have to kill your son. And right over to the right, there's a ram prepared for the sacrifice, which you didn't even see before. God always provides. He provided for this world his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, because he loved us so much. That's why John 3.16 is so important. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Secondly, God sent his son. And he was in submission to the father's will. That's something that the church needs to learn. We need to be submitted to the what? To the will of God. If we're going to be blessed by God. Jesus submitted Remember the garden, when he was there praying, he said, Father, not my will. If you want me to go to the cross, then I will go in obedience to your word. He submitted. In John 6, 38, he said, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of my Father who sent me. Wow. The will of my Father who sent me. In full submission, he came. And three... Jesus came to save sinners from Satan and from hell. Remember when Satan in the book of Revelations, he gets kicked out of heaven, chapter 12, verses 10 to 12. And then one third of the angels of heaven are getting kicked out too and they follow Satan. Satan is done. He's waiting for the coming of the Lord. He'll be done. And yet at the same time, think of what Luke 19.10 says. He says, for the Son of Man has come. Notice, to seek and to save that which is lost. Who's lost? The whole world. But America needs to wake up. The world needs to wake up. There is a Savior. His name is Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. 
The only one that can save you. Nobody else. Between God and man is the man Christ Jesus. He is the bridge builder. And nobody can come any other way or you'll be lost. He is the fulfillment of prophecy. Listen. Fourthly. Jesus also came to destroy the works of the devil. Check this out. In 1 John 3, 8. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Interesting. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Christians, we don't belong to the devil any longer. Non-believers, their father is the devil. Our father today is God himself. His son, Jesus Christ, has come to save every one of us individually. And then check this out. Number five. He came to fulfill the Old Testament. In Matthew 5.17, in the Sermon on the Mount, in verse 17, he says, Do not think that I, Jesus, have come to destroy the law or the prophets. That I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill it. I'm here fulfilling 300 prophecies in the Old Testament. And there's 200 more to come in my second coming. And we're living in that time, my friends. The coming of the Lord. And then, six, Jesus came to give his life for each one of us individually. I love that. In John chapter 10, he says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Who's that? Satan. He's talking about sheep here in a moment. Listen. He says, But I have come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Nobody will be able to snatch me out of the hands of Jesus. I am his, he is mine. Nobody can separate me from the love of Jesus Christ. Not height or depth or anything. Or powers or dominions. The love of Christ is so powerful when it gets a hold of your life. And you can't let it go ever again. Today, as we've explored how Christ's birth fulfilled ancient prophecies about the world's Messiah, we hope you've been filled with confidence in the Lord's plan to rescue you from sin and give you eternal life. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Today's message is available in a complete unedited format. If you'd like to get a copy, we'll send it to you for a donation of at least $5. Just mention the title, A Savior is Born Unto Us, when you call 800-634-9165. We'll hear a final word from Raul in just a moment. Until then, we'd like to tell you about his 4-CD Salvation Series. Each message in this study points to the Lord's power to free all who come to Him in faith trusting the redemption He provided through the gift of His Son. Get your year off to a strong start, grounded firmly in God's love. Contact us today to order Rawls' 4-CD Salvation Collection for a gift of $18 or more. To make your purchase, visit us online at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. That's 800-634-9165. You can also order by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. 
Remember, your end-of-the-year contributions help us meet our broadcast expenses and prepare for another year of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. Join us next time as we continue this series, Meditating on the Lord's Saving Mercy. You'll be inspired to follow in the footsteps of the Magi, who acknowledge Jesus as their Savior, bowing before Him with gifts of worship and hearts filled with praise. Now, with a final thought for today, here's Rawl. And then you know at seventh and last, this is what he said. He said that Jesus came to give each one of us individually eternal life, not temporal life, eternal life. And then in 1 John chapter 5, 13, listen, these things I have written unto you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. If they continue believing in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There is no other salvation in any other name than the name of Jesus. Where every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord and King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus. Father, I pray. In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ this morning. Father, asking you, Father, begging you by your mercies and your grace and love. Father, those listening through the airways, those watching through the internet all over the country, all over the world, Father, that many, many would come to know you personally as Lord and Savior. That people would give you their hearts, Father. And you, in return, give them the greatest gift of all gifts, eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. I am falling in love with you. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.